0: This is the Grow My Clinic podcast by Clinic Mastery, where we help you deliver amazing client experiences to grow your clinic. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Grow My Clinic podcast. I'm Jack O'Brien, your host with you again today. We have a very special guest, Karen Finnan with us. How are you, Karen?
1: Oh, great, Jack. It's so great to be here.
0: Great. So for those who aren't aware, Karen is the founder of online.physio. So she's a physiotherapist by trade and now practices from all over the world using telehealth. Uh, It's a fascinating story. And so today we're going to lean into her story a little bit more and uh, find out some of the challenges, solutions and um, the progress that she's bringing to physiotherapy and allied health in general through telehealth and online consulting. Karen, it's a a fascinating little world you live in. So can you tell us a little bit about your story? You're a physiotherapist by trade, that's right?
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I'm a physiotherapist. The bulk of my um, career has been in private practice. Um, And then I guess the story all starts, Jack, when I decided to do my master's. And uh, among many things, one of the best uh, parts of my master's degree was meeting my husband, Dan. (laughs) So, (laughs) and with Dan, I married an adventurous man and within... A few months, we were moving to East Timor,
0: right? Okay. a little,
1: little developing country off the coast of Indonesia, and uh, Dan was there working with the Australian Army, and um, I had to keep myself busy, so I opened up a little private practice there, and all the thousands of expats, you know, diplomats and UN and all yeah, of that that were working there were able to come and see me there. And look, it was happy days there. It was a buzzing little practice for about three years. Mm -hmm. And then eventually it was time for us to move back to Australia. And that was when I guess the guilt really kicked in. I I felt I had a real duty of care to these people that I'd been able to look after. There certainly wasn't any other physio uh, in East Timor. Yeah, sure. And I sort of said to my husband, look, a lot of these people, all they need is for someone with a qualified head to listen to their symptoms, Mm -hmm. to come up with a working diagnosis and to give them the right stuff to do. Mm-hmm. I said, I reckon I could do that online. And so Dan in his infinite wisdom said, go on, I think you should do it. <laughs> and so we moved back to Australia and I set the wheels in motion to sort of get a website built. I didn't know a lot about websites or technology, but mm-hmm. uh, it was certainly a crash course. And um, online physio was born.
0: That's amazing. It's uh, it's fascinating where the, the rabbit holes lead as a physio when you care enough to give a rip about your patients and try and find solutions. When you. I'm assuming at that stage there wasn't many of the platforms um, and resources that we have. What sort of technology were you using to deliver telehealth back in the day?
1: Yeah, it's a really good question. And this we're talking sort of six, seven years ago now and um, I knew I needed sort of a website base. Um, I developed some simple forms to start collecting patient information to get started with and then it was the good old-fashioned Skype. So we would get on there. I mean, I was aware early on of the the absolute crucial importance of having things to be very safe and transparent. And so mm-hmm. i would I would give a little disclaimer state, statement at the at the start, saying, you know, look, we are on a, you know a public platform. Are you okay with that? I downloaded a Skype recorder so we could record the conversations, and it was as simple as that. As simple and as wow. complex as that. I yeah, suppose yeah.
0: that's amazing. And so. I'm assuming at this time you'd come back to Australia. I was about to ask where you're based, but it doesn't matter because it's all online. But you'd come back to Australia and did you have your own practice in person as well or you were working somewhere?
1: Yeah, so look, uh, Jack, I was never somebody who wanted to be in my own practice. I think even... From at the start of my career, I didn't want to be tied to a location. I can sort of see that now. Um, so I, at that point, was just working uh, in a practice. I actually, at the time, I was working with the Navy. I was working um, okay. at a defense base, um, and it was the you know the ultimate side hustle. You know, I was working it on working on it on the side, and um, you know, it just allowed me a bit of a playground to sort of work out what was working and what wasn't. And you know, it, it was at the point where I didn't even Really adopt or use the term telehealth back then it was so in its infancy, you know sure. um and yeah, there was just a real sort of learning curve from there of gee, there's inefficiencies here, how can I do <laughs> things better? yeah,
0: yeah, right, yeah, you certainly seem like the person who leans into inefficiencies and pushes convention. I love it, and we're going to get into some of those challenges and things that you've overcome along the way. What stage in your journey did you decide to go all in with uh, with telehealth,
1: yeah, so um. We were sort of a Melbourne-based for, for a little while, but then, uh, yeah, having, having a husband who's adventurous, he likes to move around and get these uh, physio jobs in far-off places. And so uh, with a prompt for a move to move somewhere new was, you know, that great sort of cliff-edge feeling of, sure. all right, I'm leaving that job behind anyway. So, yeah. let's jump in and, you know, for the last sort of couple of years, yeah, it's not private practice work anymore. It's um, it's all sort of managing people online. So <laughs> I
0: love it. So, for all intents and purposes, you've hardly touched a patient for years.
1: That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> fascinating. Okay. So, uh, out of interest, what's the craziest place in the world that you've conducted a physio consult?
1: Ah, that's a great question. And um, in the time after the huge issues that were in Haiti, I actually had a patient over there. Now, he was an Italian chap who was working in Haiti, okay. um, but had fluent English. And um, yeah, and I was managing an injury for him over there. So,
0: Amazing. so you're based very far in reaching. Treating in Haiti. And how about where you've worked? So you obviously you can, as long as you've got a laptop and an internet connection.
1: Ah, yes.
0: Your job, where have yeah. you been and conducted a crazy consult?
1: Yeah, well, that's that's a good question as well. So I've, I've been, I've done the, uh, you know, whole holiday in Bali thing. I've been in Switzerland. I've been um, in China, which is a massive challenge because they have a lot of internet blocks. They block sure. a lot of common platforms that people use. So if we're talking about the most challenging, I would say... Um, yeah, a little town in China where I wasn't even sure if I'd get enough um, bandwidth through my VPN to get, you know, a video consultation in. But, um, yeah, you learn all these different technology hacks to get around things.
0: Ah, uh, it's fascinating. And, and the point is that you're anywhere in the world and you're able to help the people that you've got solutions for. It's, um, it's fascinating. So can we talk a little bit more about the, um, maybe not technicalities, but how telehealth actually works? There has to be a level of infrastructure that you have in place to be able to deliver physio remotely. What are some of the tools that you use to help you uh, help you do that?
1: Yeah, so I guess the first part of a physio consultation, as you know, Jack, is the subjective assessment where you're asking questions and receiving answers. And that's with no hands put on at that point. Mm-hmm. And that's where we obviously mine most of the really crucial information to know what to do moving forward And by developing a form, we use a platform called Typeform, Mm -hmm. which is a very intuitive form builder software. So the patient is just presented with one question at a time on the screen, Mm -hmm. and I've built it to be intuitive. So if they answer, you know, to a certain question a certain way, the questions will lead them in another direction. So depending on the body part involved, they'll get special questions relating to that body part and that sort of thing. Great. So I think the really crucial thing is that, I then have all that subjective information. The patient's been able to do that in their own time Mm -hmm. without time taken on my part. And once I receive that form to us, that signals the start of a consultation, but we already have some great information about that patient. Sure. It's also a great part of them feeling they can really dump everything, you know. Mm -hmm. It's obviously crucial in a one-on-one sense, in an in-person sense for the patient to feel heard. And funnily enough, when they can... Really go over this form and upload as many reports and write as many things as they like. They really feel they put everything down. So that's yeah. the end of the subjective. From there, we used to go straight to a video call, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: there were challenges with that. For some, it's the people we're reaching in rural and remote areas, and the bandwidth wouldn't support a really good quality long call. There would be dropouts. Sure. Or we've got them, but they're set up in a corner of their little pokey room and they don't have room to sort of step back and do, you know, subjective, objective, objective assessment moves. So, again, how can we make this easier for them? How can we make it more efficient? And so we've added in more prompts with videos, with clear cut, you know, fields for answering or tick boxes on just some simple objective tests they can do in their own time. Mm-hmm. And they can video themselves doing them or they can take digital photographs of themselves doing them. So, again, we're collecting great quality information, 100% record of what they're doing yep. and great re- test, retest measures as well. Wow! So now by the time we then get to the video call, it's a shorter call. It's mm-hmm. us really getting to know each other. We have a great base of information before we get there. So it's really efficient time spent.
0: I love it. Let's dig into that a little bit more. Um, at Clinic Mastery, we're really passionate about delivering amazing client experiences. And so um, what you're able to do effectively then is prior to the consult, create a seamless, beautiful experience. I've gone through some of your processes myself and it is a, it's, a, it's a breathtaking experience. You feel like you're a VIP client. And so from there, when you end up getting on the call with a patient, I'm assuming that means that there are fantastic quality. Of patient they feel like they've been able to communicate they're well inducted into your systems and processes speak to that and and now that you've got everything dialed in nice and tightly how is that different to the types of patients you were attracting back in day one
1: yeah so you're exactly right so a people feel like they've really given you all the information that you know that they have and sometimes these people have had issues elsewhere or seen um you know local practitioners perhaps in countries where the quality isn't as great as physio um so we get on that call and we're able to refer to the things that they've told us. It's really important that we read through those prompts again, read through the subjective, read through the objective test So we're straight to it. Oh, I've read that you've, you know, done this, this and this, how's that going? So yeah, it is. It's, it's a much better quality call in terms of already feeling like you know them. Yeah. And you know, when you get to them saying, you know, do you have any other questions? Is there any other information you want to tell us? Obviously, you know, they're feeling really comfortable. They feel that you know what they're all about. Mm. So, yeah, absolutely. And these are people who have obviously have invested some time already in telling you about their injury, which means that they're more likely to be the people who invest in doing the right things to get themselves better and they stay with the program. Probably early on when we would just, um, you know, click a button, do a call, on your way sort of thing, um, there were people that would drop off or not follow up and probably for both reasons because we weren't following up well but also because they were just dipping their toe in rather than really committing to the process.
0: Yeah, sure. That's uh, Yeah, that's fascinating. So that type of patient that you get through means that you can get better results at, at the end of the at the end of the day, talk to me about the um, the barriers that you had to overcome when you're setting this all up. Obviously, a physio traditionally, and for those who aren't in the physio profession, they think of us as hands-on manual therapists. We do a lot of passive treatments, perhaps. How did you overcome that and then be able to communicate that with patients that you could still have a physio consult without the actual laying on of hands?
1: Yeah, that's right. So obviously, the first barrier was with peers, was with other <laughs> Physios. Um, and I think what I had to keep remembering was I got into this to solve a problem, mm-hmm. to give access to people who would not otherwise have access to a face-to-face physio. Yep. That was absolutely crucial for me. I knew these populations. I knew these were people working in far-off places that deserved adequate healthcare because of the stuff that they were giving up their life to be able sure. to do in these sort of remote places. So connecting to that was absolutely key and I suppose um, always expressing understanding of other people's point of view I think is really important too, Jack. So it was never, well, you know, you don't get it. It was always a case of I get what, you, I get what you're asking. Sure. I totally get how this seems strange to you. I felt the same way. Then I did this, this and this and I realised this could work. So I think the key to any sort of resistance that you get is understanding where they're coming from and, you know, helping them to understand that I went through exactly the same process they did to get there. From a patient perspective, ironically, not being bogged down in the confines of a traditional health profession, they can be much more open-minded. You know, people are now used to dating online. They're used to banking online. So as long as, you can convey a very credible service. You can make it very clear about the regulations that you follow and the safety. Mm-hmm. Um, then, I think you know patients are willing to t- take that step, perhaps more than more than more health professionals. Matt, yeah, that's right.
0: And I guess you're doing it in an environment not too dissimilar to the typical clinic and practice. We want to make sure that things look hy- in a in a physical environment. Things are hygienic. That there's fire exits and it's safe and the toilets. And so by extension of that that's what you do online you communicate that safety and privacy and all that for your patients so they feel like they can trust you and engage in your services is that right
1: it's so true jack and when when the profession sort of talks about gee how do we treat telehealth consultations are they very different to in-person care what extra regulations and requirements do we need you know what we always bring it back to? It's the same. Yep. I still have to make sure patient records are secure. I still have to follow all the requirements of my physiotherapy registration. Mm-hmm. I still have to make sure that confidentiality is in place, that you know, legal you know, ramifications are considered. It's really much less different than people think.
0: Mm-hmm. it's fascinating so can you talk us through some of the uh, challenges that you now face so specifically can you talk through how to deliver some uh, some treatments and mm-hmm. then also the the framework of funding that you that you live in they're probably two yeah. really interesting worlds
1: yeah great beautiful i'll speak to both of those so first of all in terms of conveying treatments online well I think fortunately our profession has moved away from a reliance on complex manual techniques and machines and more towards the empowering of the patient more exercise-based therapy and Mm. and being more of an active coach rather than an actual sort of passive therapist Mm. and you know what a beautiful way to be forced to do that (laughs) um an app like PhysiTrack, which is what we use for our exercise prescription, has been an absolute game changer in terms of conveying quality exercises with clear videos, descriptions, and a great messaging feature where we can be, you know, dropping messages to people. They can be asking us questions. The actual contact that we can have with patients is more than in a face-to-face sense where they wait oh. until their appointment next week to ask the questions.
0: It's interesting, isn't it? Let me just lean into that. So you're extending mm-hmm. now physio care from away from session-to-session model to a journey model. Is that about right?
1: Absolutely. So that was prompted by the fact that initially when we just had a pay-for-call service, pay-for-a-Skype call, mm-hmm. um, we found that it was really hard to follow people up. Sure. Because they weren't getting a 20-minute massage, Why would I book another consultation? I may just have one question, but is it worth paying for a whole consultation? So we had to completely shift our mindset to say, well, let's give them access over a period of time. And the reality is it's questions here and there. It's a quick tweak of their program here or there. So it makes so much more sense to give them access for a period of time. We're on tap. They can message us whenever they like. And because that's included, they don't feel they're bugging us. I think in effect base setting they can feel like oh i should call my physio and ask but they're probably busy with other appointments this is how it's structured when uh-huh. i jump on the app the next time and see your message i'll send you a message back and you'll know the answer straight away
0: yeah it's brilliant and so now your your patients your clients are uh, uh they're investing in a, a solution right rather than a session to session model is, is that how you package up your your uh, solutions
1: Yeah, look, we do it by time frame and we have suggested time frames for certain things. So if it was a post-op, it'd be a longer sort of time frame. If it was just, I've had a niggle in my back for a while and I really just want a program to follow, that'd be a shorter time frame. So yeah, absolutely. And we always make sure at the end of that, They have options to extend if needed, but also if we're not happy with their progress, um, we'll ensure they have referrals in place to the correct type of services.
0: Okay, great. And so PhysiTrack really is the primary platform for delivering exercises. And can you speak to a couple of the other features I'm sure you use of PhysiTrack?
1: Yeah, that's right. So we have adapted now to use the PhysiTrack video call feature for consultations. Um, The benefits of that is that it does an audio recording automatically so we don't have to sort of think right. about that and we have a full record of that consultation. Um, and that they're already in on the program we're going to be using for their rehab. So they have now logged in. They know what it is. So when I'm describing that in the call that, you know, they, they know the program they may have already started messi- messaging us through that, that app. We found that the messaging feature to be really beneficial. It's like text messaging but it's secure. It's within the platform. And it's a way that we can drop a quick message. They can drop a f- quick message, so that we feel like we're staying in touch. Uh-huh. It's not that sort of here we dumped exercises on you, and now we've run away. Um, sure. And we really encourage them as often as they like, as often as they have a question to let us know what's going on.
0: That's uh, it's brilliant. Um, we're, we're great partners with Physitrack. Um, interestingly, I'm speaking with Mariah today. Um, at the time of this recording, oh, awesome. uh, to get him on on a future episode of the Grandma Clinic podcast. So, okay, so now let's shift gears into the uh, the funding model. How do you do Medicare and work cover and uh, private health insurance? What a minefield.
1: Mm. So that right there is the single biggest problem and challenge that we face, Jack, in the online model. Okay. Um, as it stands, private health insurance companies do not recognize online consults for rebate purposes. That nice. is their current stance. Mm-hmm. If you were to dig deep into it, you would see that there needs to be a provider number from where the consultation is generated from Mm -hmm. There's perhaps not. they don't even know to sort of say, oh, and the patient has to be there too. So if I wanted to play that game, I could say, well, technically I provided the service from my home office in Melbourne. Here's the provider number for that home office. You know, here's a rebate. It's not a game I've chosen to play. I don't know if there may be others out there that are doing that, but, you know, I want for the greater... Greater good of the telehealth um, community to keep it all, you know, regulated, above board, um, and credible. So, what's happening now is that there is a dialogue. um, The Australian Physio Association have now done a wonderful job of um, beginning the process of advocating with the private health insurance bodies to introduce the concept of rebates for private Mm -hmm. health insurance purposes. Their understanding, it's clear, of teleconsults is relatively limited understandably Mm -hmm. so they haven't had to have a lot to do with them and clearly they've got their own um challenges and issues to face when they're looking at you know potential increased uptake of service and all that sort of stuff sure so it's a watch this space it will change and shift and look i like to think of it jack that if if you can fight through and come out the other side of a brick wall that perhaps others might find too challenging, mm-hmm. um, then you're the one who's likely to come out on top. And fabulously, yeah. in a few weeks' time, I am meeting with um, a couple of people from Medibank to go through in detail our process to show them that it's right. safe, considered, and, um and that it could be, you know, a really great alternative for their... Um, their clients yeah
0: yeah i think we're stuck in a world where insurance companies are typically really slow to move and uh the evidence at this stage is pointing towards telehealth providing as good if not better in some circumstances patient outcomes patient experiences um it's just a a slow moving project i guess uh we're in we're talking with High Caps Go. We partner really nicely with High Caps Go from Cleat Mastery. And uh, likewise, health funds are just really slow. All the infrastructure is there. Um, there's far better outcomes for patients. But insurance companies are uh, being very diligent, <laughs> I guess you'd yeah, say. Yeah, that's boring. right.
1: And look, they've got their motivations to do that. So I do understand that. On the upside, though, obviously, there's also travel insurance companies that I'm dealing with when people are far and wide. And as an example, I just had a lovely chap who is an Australian chap traveling around Mexico. And he unfortunately ruptured his ACL and had surgery and is now doing his rehab through us. And his travel insurance company were happy to cover the costs through right. through our. Um a business so it's just fabulous he sends through pictures to show me his knee extension and flexion range and he's basically there's a hammock in the background rainforest in the background <laughs> and uh, you know he's sitting on this sort of balcony in his board short so it just absolutely makes my heart burst to think that they're the opportunities we're able to give people and that his rehab won't be compromised because he is living his travel dream you know yeah. around the back blocks of mexico
0: amazing and i guess what it what it speaks to is um, you're able to attract and help clients who are willing to invest in their care regardless of the frameworks and infrastructures whether they can or can't get insurance cover or medicare cover whatever it is these patients are looking for the solution that you provide and are willing to invest in that solution is that a fair assumption
1: that that is exactly right so it's what value do i place on being able to recover well from this injury oh absolutely no brainer happy to pay those funds and that and that is has been the thing because we haven't been able to offer rebates it's just been genuine people who, I just want this better. I otherwise wouldn't be able to get this rehab. Let's do it, you know.
0: Mm, fascinating. Okay, so I've got a couple more questions as we look to wrap up. How do you attract the right type of patient? Typically, if, uh, if I think of the usual physio patient or any health patient, they might, uh, well, historically, they'd go to the yellow pages or they might type in Google physio near me, something like that. How do you get in front of your potential patients?
1: That is a great question, Jack. And this has evolved so much over my journey with this. At first, it used to do my head in because I would go to register my physio service on directories online and all of that. First thing they do is ask for a physical location and a patch. So that didn't work. And then there was that problem where most people looking for a physio were Googling suburb name, physiotherapist.
0: Because they think think we do it in person.
1: That's exactly right. So then it became about thinking, well, where where is the target audience that I'm after hanging out? Now, initially it was because of the origins of us. We were um, in Timor with a lot of diplomats that travelled around, with a lot Mm -hmm. of people working with NGOs who travelled around. And that sort of expat community um, grew and we sort of would affiliate with, um, you know, different um, newsletters that embassies would send out and all that sort of stuff. But the big evolution has sort of got us to this point now where this year um, we're very aware of this new generation of digital nomads, Jack. So these are people who literally work from their computer and travel around the world. And they're a fabulous target for us. Sure. And so now we're getting involved in um, location-independent entrepreneur forums, creating lots of information around people with laptop use, safe laptop use, ergonomics, Simple stretches you can do while you're traveling. Mm-hmm. How to survive long haul flights. So right. it's really about giving value to that population, so that we're helping them, and then we happen to be there in the unfortunate event that they have an injury and they need someone to help them get better.
0: Yeah, I love it. And for clinic owners who are listening, that really sums it up: is know who your ideal client is, and be there in the world that they spend time in to be able to provide a solution if and when they need it. I love it, and. Uh, we've all got different target markets and I guess yours, you've had to think outside the box a little bit and get inside their minds, but being able to niche it down to those location independent digital nomads is uh, is brilliant. I love it. Uh, one of the I think people would find really interesting is how do you juggle the hats that you wear? You're a clinician, you're a physio but you're also a business owner and uh, probably yourself more than any of us have to wrestle with technical challenges and all sorts of software. How do you juggle being a business owner versus being a practitioner?
1: Mm, Yeah, really great, great question. And this is something I've very much grown into and, I think I was very lucky to realize early on that suddenly this business world opened up to me and I loved it and suddenly this world of technology opened up to me and I loved it. Sure. So um, it was certainly a case of systems, as you know, Jack, super <laughs> important so that the, the day-to-day things can run well and, uh-huh. um, we have, uh, you know, a couple of physios that obviously can help with the consultation. So um, that is something I certainly keep my hand at and, and really enjoy and is important because I can practice our new systems and technologies. Oh. Um, but then, you know, I do know that the most important thing I can spend on my, with my time at the moment is marketing and promoting and, and all of that sort of stuff because that is what, you know, for us gets patients through the door. We don't have a shop front to do that for us. So... <laughs> So, yeah, then it's a case of balancing where is my time best spent in terms of, um, you know, new leads and partnerships and that sort of thing and what systems can I put in place that, you know, a VA can be doing some of the administrative stuff um, to, uh, yeah, to leave me open to do some of that.
0: I love it. And I think uh, you, you mentioned marketing and leads and all those sorts of buzzwords that are typical business entrepreneur words that I think sometimes, especially traditional therapies like physio, but the allied health space in general, look at that as, as dirty. But really, we could hear and see from your perspective that it comes from a genuine desire and passion to find the right people and provide. So like, that's all marketing is, right? It's finding the right people and putting solutions in front of them if and when they need it. And so now, as a business owner, you get to do that. And I can hear it in your voice. You love it, right?
1: Absolutely, yeah. And this is so true. And you've really hit on something that is that can be a raw nerve for me a little bit, Jack, in that... Um, I really enjoy the marketing. I really enjoy the business side of things, and I know it absolutely comes from a place of a duty of care. Sure, I've got a way to reach people in places they would not otherwise get care. I have a duty of care to help them to do that. Okay. If that means you know promoting myself, and and if that means stepping into being a bit of a face for the business, and you know being real and get, having people get to know me, well, you know that that's a great part of it. And I think that. We're in a real generation now where you can see if the motivation for the marketing is genuine or uh-huh. <laughs> not and you can pick the businesses that are connecting yes. to why they're doing it in the first place. And 100%. I always strive to be that business and, um, and yeah, it, it's, it's certainly something that really resonates. I almost sort of choke up a bit when I say it because it, it's so crucial and to, to be thought of as someone who was not motivated like that would would just be simply the worst day in my life. So Uh,
0: (laughs) it is, yeah. I can totally sympathise. Yeah, duty of care is such a fantastic way of putting it. Um, We we had a workshop a couple of weeks ago in Sydney. Uh, I was speaking about marketing and really as far as we're concerned at Clinic Mastery, if you've got a solution to someone's problems, you're doing them a disservice if you're not marketing to them and communicating in a helpful way. It really is our responsibility to advance the health and, and provide solutions of the people that we do serve. Karen, what would you say to uh, clinic owners, physio or otherwise, that are either struggling to innovate or feeling the pressure of the constraints of their industry? What would your encouragement be to those guys?
1: Look, I think just um, eat the elephant one bite at a time. <laughs> if you see something that isn't quite right, Just focus on that small issue, work out a way around it, do it, run it, and then move on to the next thing. I think we can make it too big. We can think that there's too many things to change, but Mm -hmm. really, we just need to sort of address one thing at a time. I think the other really important thing is to expect what I call the asteroid belt any time that you do something new, you launch into space. Sure. It's all shiny, new and fabulous. And then you hit the asteroid belt where it's hard. People aren't adopting it. The technology that I thought was working isn't. I'm having challenges. But rest assured that that is temporary. Mm-hmm. You then come out the other side. A system works. You never need to think about it again. But know that there's that middle patch <laughs> where it will feel tricky. Keep pushing.
0: (laughs) I love it. I think if we loop all the way back to the start, you said the first thing that you had to overcome was your own mindset and then the constraints of an industry. And I guess what your peers and colleagues were saying and thinking, when at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what your peers are thinking, does it, right? We're here to serve our clients.
1: That is so completely true. I think as a health profession, we can get caught up in spending a lot of time impressing other health professionals. <laughs> um, and and it's certainly, industry is kind of built like that. We're learning from others. We're talking sure. to others. We're doing workshops with others. We're doing continuing education courses with others. But we're not spending enough time really connecting to our patient and their problems and their concerns. And, and that is the most important thing.
0: Yeah, I love it. Patients are our primary concern and, and uh, modifying your solutions to be able to meet their needs. Um, for those listening, whether you're a podiatrist, osteopath, exercise physiologist, think about how your solutions could be modified to be delivered in a telehealth way and uh, you'd be amazed at the sorts of people that you'd be able to help. Karen, thank you so much for this. Uh, personally, thank you for what you're doing for our profession in physiotherapy and the allied health profession, telehealth world in general. Uh, you're a real pioneer and it's inspiring to a number of people myself included two things if people want to see how you do it in terms of a patient facing way where should they go and if they want to learn more about you and uh, teleconsults and and that changing game what are the two places people should go
1: fantastic so if you want to see the online clinic and how we uh, have that all set up then that's at online physio so that's www.online.physio Mm-hmm. and then if you want to learn more about um, i guess how i um, run the clinic from a health professional perspective so if you are a health professional and want to learn more about how to set up a telehealth clinic some of the challenges um, then if you head over to karenfinnan.com you can see more about that there and uh, yeah we can um you know connect and and yeah hopefully i can help you out if you've got you know questions about yeah around telehealth and if it could be right for you
0: Fantastic. And we'll make sure we link to those in the show notes uh, really clearly and across our socials. Uh, Listeners, if you want to learn more about Karen in today's episode, you can find the show notes at www.clinicmastery.com forward slash podcast. You'll be able to find the episode with Karen in there. Karen, again, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a real pleasure. Do you have anything else that you'd, uh, you'd like to say? Any pearls of wisdom that we've left out?
1: Oh, look, I would just like to thank you for letting me tell my story, Jack. I think, um, as you said, you know, it's getting these stories out there that gives everyone else the courage to do something a little bit different. Um, I always felt like a black sheep in my health industry um, and I sort of moulded it around me to, to, you know, to suit me. So uh, don't be afraid to do that.
0: Great love it listeners thank you for tuning in to another episode of the grow my clinic podcast as we said you can grab those show notes at clinicmastery.com forward slash podcast thank you again for all of your reviews and ratings and we look forward to bring you another episode really soon this is the grow my clinic podcast by clinic mastery where we help you deliver amazing client experiences to grow your clinic